0: you will see the link to read, A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracle Society, <coughs> which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday Monday through Friday, from 9.15 to close to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And today we're starting a new chapter, Chapter 27, in The Body and the Dream, with Section 1, the introduction, and Section 2, the picture of the crucifixion. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for our remembrance of our lesson for the day, Lesson 286, The Hush of Heaven Holds My Heart Today. And that will be led, as, of, as usual, by lovely friend. And powerful way. Okay, let me just review the list of participants I have so far. So with us in reading, I have Lori, Fran, Robin Marie, Patricia, Karen, and Micah. With us in listening are Steve, Ida, and Roz. Is there anyone else who's joined and would like to, to say good morning or join either the reading Yes, good
1: morning. This is Jessica, and I can read.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Jessica.
2: Hi, guys. Jude's joined you, and I'd like to listen, please. Thank you.
0: Okay. All right. Welcome, Judy. and Laurie do you have an opening you'd like to offer
2: this morning oh I sure do Lemoyne it's a poem from St. Teresa of Hevla that is perfect for the hush of heaven it's called he desired me so I came close he desired me so I came close no one can near God unless he has prepared a bed for you a thousand souls hear his call every second, but most everyone then looks into their life's mirror and says, I am not worthy to leave this sadness. When I first heard his courting song, I too looked at all I had done in my life and said, how can I gaze into his omnipresent eyes? I spoke those words with all my heart, but then he sang again. song even sweeter and when I tried to shame myself once more from his presence God showed me his compassion and spoke a divine truth I made you dear and all I make is perfect please come close for I desire you the hush of heaven holds my heart today amen Oh,
1: that was beautiful. That was so so great.
2: Please repeat what that
1: was. Thank you, Laurie. Can you tell us again what that was?
2: I sure will, Jessica. It was, um, He Desired Me, So I Came Close, a poem of Teresa of Avila. Uh, as it's given in the book, Love Poems from God, by Daniel Ladinsky.
0: Okay, well, thank you very much, Lori. And so I'll get us started here with Chapter 27, The Body in the Dream and Seduction. The wish to be unfairly treated is a compromise attempt that would combine attack and innocence. Who can combine the wholly incompatible and make a unity of what can never join? Walk you the gentle way, and you will fear no evil and no shadows in the night. But place no terror symbols on your path or you will weave a crown of thorns from which your brother and yourself will not escape. You cannot crucify yourself alone. And if you are unfairly treated, he must suffer the unfairness that you see. You cannot sacrifice yourself alone, for sacrifice is total. If it could occur at all, It would entail the whole of God's creation and the Father with the sacrifice of his beloved son. And
2: Laurie. Chapter 27, The Body and the Dream, Section 1, Introduction. The wish to be unfairly treated is a compromise attempt that would combine attack an innocence who can combine the wholly incompatible and make a unity of what can never join walk you the gentle way and you will fear no evil and no shadows in the night but place no terror symbols on your path or you will weave a crown of thorns from which your brother and yourself will not escape you cannot crucify yourself alone and if you are unfairly treated, he must suffer the unfairness that you see. You cannot sacrifice yourself alone, for sacrifice is total. If it could occur at all, it would entail the whole of God's creation and the Father with the sacrifice of his beloved Son. 2. In your release from sacrifice, Is his made manifest and shown to be his own but every pain you suffer do you see as proof that he is guilty of attack thus would you make yourself to be the sign that he has lost his innocence and need but look on you to realize that he has been condemned and what to you has been unfair will come to him in righteousness the unjust vengeance that you suffer now belongs to him and when it rests on him are you set free wish not to make yourself a living symbol of his guilt for you will not escape the death you made for him but in his innocence you will find your own thank you
0: Laurie, and Fran would you read two and Bring us into section 2, paragraph 3.
2: 2. And your release and sacrifice is his made manifest and shown to be his own. But every pain you suffer do you see as proof that he is guilty of attack. Thus would you make yourself to be the sign that he has lost his innocence and need but look on you to realize that he has been condemned. And what to you has been unfair will come to him in righteousness. The unjust vengeance that you suffer now belongs to him. And when it rests on him, are you set free? Wish not to make yourself a living symbol of his guilt, for you will not escape the death you made for him. But in his innocence, you find your own. Section two, the picture of the crucifixion, paragraph three. Whenever you consent to suffer pain, to be deprived, unfairly treated, or in need of anything, you but accuse your brother of attack upon God's Son, you hold a picture of your crucifixion before his eyes that he may see his sins, he may see his sins are writ in heaven in your blood and death, and go before him, closing off the gate and damning him to hell. Yet this is writ in hell and not in heaven where you are beyond attack and prove his innocence. The picture of yourself you offer him, you show yourself and give it all your faith. The Holy Spirit offers you to give to him a picture of yourself in which there is no pain and no reproach at all. And what was martyred to his guilt becomes the perfect witness to his innocence.
0: Thank you, Francis. And Robin Marie?
1: The Picture of the Crucifixion 3. Whenever you consent to suffer pain, to be deprived, unfairly treated, or in need of anything, you but accuse your brother of attack upon God's Son. You hold the picture of your crucifixion before his eyes, that he may see his sins are writ in heaven, in your blood and death, and go before him, closing off the gate and damning him to hell. If this is writ in hell, and not in heaven, where you are beyond attack, and prove his innocence, the picture of yourself you offer him, you show yourself, and give it all your faith. The Holy Spirit offers you to give him a picture of yourself in which there is no pain and no reproach at all. And what was martyred to his guilt becomes a perfect witness to his innocence. Four. The power of witness is beyond belief because it brings conviction in its wake. The witness is believed because he points beyond himself to what he represents a sick and suffering you but represents your brother's guilt the witness which you sent lest he forget the injuries he gave from which you swear he never will escape the sick and sorry picture you accept if only it can serve to punish him the sick are, are merciless to everyone and in contagion they do seek to kill Death seems an easy price if they can say, quote, "Behold me, my, bro- behold me, brother, at your hand I die." Unquote. For sickness is the witness to his guilt, and death would prove his errors must be sins.
0: Thank you, Robin, Marie, and Patricia.
2: For the power of witness is beyond belief because it brings conviction in its wake. The witness is believed because he points beyond himself to what he represents. sick and suffering you, but represents your brother's guilt, the witness which you sent, lest he forget the injuries he gave, from which you swear he never will escape. This in sorry picture, you accept. If only it can serve to punish him. The sick are merciless to everyone. And in contagion do they seek to kill. Death seems. An easy price, if they can say, "Behold, me, brother, at your hand I die." For sickness is the witness to his guilt, and death would prove his error must. Descends. but sickness is but a little death a form of vengeance not yet total yet it speaks with certainty for what it represents The bleak and bitter picture you have sent, your brother, you have looked upon in grace. And everything that it has shown to him, have you believed? Because it witnessed to the guilt in him? Which you perceived and loved. Now in the hands made gentle by His touch, the Holy Spirit lays a picture of a different you. It is a picture of a body down. For what you really are cannot be seen, nor pictured. Yet, this one has not been used for purpose of attack, and therefore never suffered pain at all. It witnesses to the eternal truth that you cannot be hurt. and points beyond beyond itself to both your innocence and it. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Patricia and Karen.
3: Sickness is but a quote, little death, a form of vengeance, not yet total. Yet it speaks with certainty for what it represents. The bleak and bitter picture you have sent your brother, you have looked upon in grief. And everything that it has shown to him have you believed, because it witnessed to the guilt in him which you perceived and loved. Now in your hands, made gentle by his touch, the Holy Spirit lays a picture of a different you. It is a picture of a body still, for what you really are cannot be seen nor pictured. Yet this one has not been used for purpose of attack and therefore never suffered pain at all. It witnesses to the eternal truth that you cannot be hurt and points beyond itself to both your innocence and his. Six, show this unto your brother who will see that every scar is healed And every tear is wiped away in laughter and in love. And he will look on his forgiveness there. And with healed eyes will look beyond it to the innocence that he beholds in you. Here is the proof that he has never sinned. And nothing which his madness bid him do was ever done or ever had effects of any kind that no approach reproach he laid upon his heart was ever justified and no attack can ever touch him with the poisons and relentless sting of fear. Attest his innocence and not his guilt. Your healing is his comfort and his health because it proves illusions are not true.
0: Thank you, Karen and Micah
4: okay, um six show this I'm, I'm gonna go up one sentence. Um, oh it witnesses I'll go up another one yet this one has yet this one has not been used for purpose of attack and therefore never suffered pain at all. It witnesses to the eternal truth that you cannot be hurt and points beyond itself, both your innocence and his. Show this unto your brother, who will see that every scar is healed and every tear is wiped away in laughter and in love. And he will look on his forgiveness there and with healed eyes look beyond it to the innocence that he beholds in you. here is the proof that he has never sinned. That nothing which his madness bid him do was ever done. Or ever had effects of any kind. That no reproach he laid upon his heart was ever justified. And no attack can ever touch him with the poisoned and relentless sting of fear. Attest his innocence and not his guilt. Your healing is his comfort and his health because it proves illusions are not true. 7. It is not will for life but wish for death that is the motivation for this world. Its only purpose is to prove guilt real. No worldly thought or act or feeling has a motivation other than this one. These are the witnesses that are called forth, be believed, and lend lend conviction to the system they speak for and represent. And each has many voices speaking to your brother and yourself in different tongues. And yet to both the message is the same. Adornment of the body seeks to show how lovely are the witnesses for guilt. Concerns about the body demonstrate how frail and vulnerable is your life. How easily destroyed is what you love. Depression speaks of death and vanity of real concern with anything at all. The strongest witness to futility which bolsters all the rest and helps them paint the picture in which sin is justified, is sickness in whatever form it takes.
0: Thank you, Micah. And Jessica?
1: Thank you. Wow. (laughs) I don't know if I can This is intense. Okay, paragraph seven. It is not will for life, but wish for death that is the motivation for this world. Its only purpose is to prove guilt real. No worldly thought or act or feeling has a motivation other than this one. These are the witnesses that are called forth to be believed and lend conviction to the system they speak for and represent. And each has many voices, speaking to your brother and yourself in different tongues. And yet to both the message is the same. Adornment of the body seeks to show how lovely are the witnesses for guilt. Concerns about the body demonstrate how frail and vulnerable is your life. How easily destroyed is what you love. Depression speaks of death and vanity of real concern with anything at all. The strongest witness to futility, which bolsters all the rest and helps them paint the picture in which sin is justified, is sickness in whatever form it takes. Eight, the sick have reason for each one of their unnatural desires and strange needs. For who could live a life so soon cut short and not esteem the worth of passing joys? What pleasures could there be that will endure? Are not the frail entitled to believe that every stolen scrap of pleasure is their righteous payment for their little lives? Their death will pay the price for all of them if they enjoy their benefit or not. The end of life must come, whatever way that life be spent, and so take pleasure in the quickly passing and ephemeral.
0: Thank you, Jessica. And do we have a new reader for eight and nine?
5: Hi, I'll jump in. This is Diana. Number eight. Hi Diana. Oh. <laughs> okay have reason for each one of the unnatural desires and strange needs. For well, who could live a life so soon cut short and not sustain the worth of passing joys? What pleasure could there be that will endure? Are not the frail entitled to believe that every stolen scrap of pleasure is their righteousness payment for their little lives? Their death will pay the price for all of them, if they enjoy their benefit or not. The end of life must come, whatever way that life be spent. And so, take pleasure in the quickly passing and ephemeral. Number nine. These are not sins, but witnesses unto the strange belief that sin and death are real and innocent and sin will end alike within the termination of the grave. If um, this were true, there would be reason to remain content to seek for passing joy and cherish little pleasures where you can. Yet in this picture is the body not perceived as natural and without a goal inherent in itself for it becomes a symbol of reproach, the sign of guilt whose consequences still are there to see, so that the cause may never be denied. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Diana. And uh, we have another new reader for...
2: Okay.
6: i read 9 and 10, right?
2: Yes. Yeah.
6: Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> These are not sins. This is unto the strange belief that sin and death are real, and innocence and sin will end alike with the termination of the grave. If this were true, there would be reason to remain content to seek for passing joys Cherish little pleasures where you can. Yet in this picture is the body not perceived as eternal, without a goal inherent in itself, for it becomes a symbol of reproach, sign of guilt, whose consequences still are there to see, so that the cause can never be denied. Your function is to prove to your brother that sin can have no cause. How futile must it be to see yourself a picture of the proof that what your function is can never be. The Holy Spirit's picture changes not the body into something it is not. It only takes away from it all signs of accusation and of blamefulness. picture without a purpose is seen as neither sick nor well. No bad, nor good. No grounds are offered that it may be judged in any way at all. It has no life, but neither is it dead. It stands apart from all experience of fear or love. For now, it witnesses to nothing yet, its purpose being open and the mind made free again to choose what it is for. How now is it not condemned, but waiting for a purpose to be given? It may fulfill the function that it will receive yeah.
0: Can you on mute Oops, thank you <laughs> thank you Ida. thank you Clay. um and is there a Another reader who would like to, a new reader who would like to read paragraphs 10 and 11?
2: I can do that, Lemoyne. My paragraphs are different. Where do I start? Into this empty space? Or your function is to show?
0: That's the one, the second one. The, that into this empty space is the beginning of 11. And it ends oh. with Behold me, brother, add to our hand I list.
2: Okay, gotcha. Thank you, LeMoyne. Nine. Your function is to show your brother sin can have no cause. How futile must it be to see yourself a picture of the proof that what your function is can never be. The Holy Spirit's picture changes not the body into something it is not. It only takes away from it all signs of accusation and of blamefulness. Pictured without a purpose, it is seen as neither sick nor well, nor bad nor good. No grounds are offered that it may be judged in any way at all. It has no life, but neither is it dead. It stands apart from all experience of love or fear, for now it is it witnesses to nothing yet, its purpose being open, and the mind made free again to choose what it is for. Now is it not condemned, but waiting for a purpose to be given, that it may fulfill the function that it will receive. Into this empty space from which the goal of sin has been removed is heaven free to be remembered. Here its peace can come and perfect healing take the place of death. The body can become a sign of life, a promise of redemption, and a breath of immortality to those grown sick of breathing in the fetid scent of death. Let it have healing as its purpose and then it excuse me, then will it send forth the message it received and by its health and loveliness proclaim the truth and value that it represents. Let it receive the power to represent an endless life forever unattacked. And to your brother, let its message be Behold, me brother, at your hand I live. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you, Judy. <clears throat> so, is there another new reader who would like to read 11 and 12? Or 10. Okay,
7: Steve. Into this empty space, from which the goal of sin has been removed, is heaven free to be remembered. Here its peace can come and perfect healing take the place of death. The body can become a sign of life, a promise of redemption and a breath of immortality to those grown sick of breathing in the fetid scent of death. Let it have healing as its purpose. Then will it send forth the message it received and by its health and loveliness proclaim the truth and value it represents. Let it receive the power to represent an endless life forever unattacked. And to your brother let its message be, behold me brother at your hand I live. Twelve, the simple way to let this be achieved is merely this let the body have no purpose from the past when you were sure you knew its purpose was to foster guilt for this insist you crippled your crippled picture is a lasting sign of what it represents this leaves no space in which a different view another purpose can be given it you do not know its purpose You but gave illusions of a purpose to a thing you made to hide your function from yourself. This thing without a purpose cannot hide the function that the Holy Spirit gave. Let, then, its purpose and your function both be reconciled at last and seen as one.
0: Thank you, Steve. And finally, is there another new reader who would like to conclude with 12? Another new reader for 12? Okay, back to you, Lori.
2: backing up just a sentence let the body receive the power to represent an endless life forever unattacked and to your brother let its message be behold me brother at your hand I live 12 the simple way to let this be achieved is merely this to let the body have no purpose from the past when you were sure you knew its purpose was to foster guilt for this insists your crippled picture is the lasting sign of what it represents this leaves no space in which a different view another purpose can be given it you do not know its purpose you but gave illusions of a purpose to a thing you made to hide your function from yourself this thing without a purpose cannot hide the function that the Holy Spirit gave what then, is purpose and your function both be reconciled at last and seen as one. Oh boy. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for backing up a couple sentences there. Okay, well, i recap this in a
2: minute.
0: <laughs> this really going to be happening happening, so um, I'll do what I can. The wish to be unfairly treated, so from the introduction, this this is basically a continuation of the remaining tasks in the last section. The wish to be unfairly treated is a compromise attempt that would combine attack and innocence. (coughs) Who can combine the wholly incompatible and make a unity of what can never join? Walk used a gentle way. In your release from two, in your release from sacrifice, is your brother's made manifest and shown to be his own. Wish not to make yourself a living symbol of his guilt for you will not escape the death you made for him, but in his innocence you will find your own. So to continue in the picture of the crucifixion. This is the picture, whenever you consent to suffer pain, to be deprived, unfairly treated, or in need of anything. You but accuse your brother of attack upon God's son. You hold a picture of your crucifixion before his eyes that he may see his sins are written heaven, yet this is written hell and not in heaven, where you are beyond attack and prove his innocence. i remind again from that first paragraph, walk you the gentle way. The power of witness is beyond belief because it brings conviction in its wake. The witness is believed because he points beyond himself to what he represents.
5: Can you uh, share the chapter you're on as you're going through them, please?
0: Okay, that was after I jumped back to walk you the gentle way, which is in one. And the power of witness is beyond belief because it brings conviction in its wake. That's from paragraph four. Also from paragraph four, the witness is believed because he points beyond himself to what he represents. From the end of five... Now in hands made gentle by his touch, the Holy Spirit lays a picture of a different you. It is a picture of a body still, for what you really are cannot be seen or pictured. Yet this one has not been used for purpose of attack, and therefore never suffered pain at all. It witnesses to the eternal truth that you cannot be hurt and points beyond itself to your innocence and his. Show this unto, i sick, show this unto you, brother, and he will look on his forgiveness there, and with healed eyes will look beyond it to the innocence he beholds in you. Attest his innocence and not his guilt. Your healing is his comfort and his health, because it proves illusions are not true. Okay, I'll skip over seven and eight and the witnesses. uh, And we go to nine where it says, these are not sins but witnesses unto the strange belief that sin and death are real that innocence and sin will end alike within the termination of the grave. Yet in this picture, is the body not perceived as neutral? Ten, your function is to show your brother sin can have no cause. How futile must it be to see yourself a picture of the proof that what your function is can never be? The Holy Spirit's picture changes not the body into something it is not. It only takes away from it all signs of accusation and of blamefulness. Pictured without a purpose, it is seen as neither sick nor well, nor bad nor good. It stands apart from all experience of fear or love, for now it witnesses to nothing yet its purpose being open, and the mind made free again to choose what it is for. Now it's not condemned, but waiting for a purpose. Into this leaven, into this empty space from which the goal of sin has been removed, is heaven free to be remembered? Here, Here is peace can come, and perfect healing takes the place of death. And from 12, well, let me go back a little bit here. Let it have healing as its purpose. Let the body have healing as its purpose. Then it will send forth the message it receives. Let it receive the power to represent and endless life forever on attack. And to your brother, let its message be, Behold me, brother, at your hand I live. And from 12, the simple way to let this be achieved is merely this, to let the body have no purpose from the past when you were sure you knew its purpose was to foster guilt. For this insists your crippled picture is a lasting sign of what it represents. This leaves no space in which a different view, another purpose, can be given it. You do not know its purpose. You but gave illusions of a purpose to a thing you made to hide your function from yourself. This thing without a purpose cannot hide the function that the Holy Spirit gave. Excuse me. Let then its purpose and your function both be reconciled at last and seen as one.
2: Thank you, LeMoyne. Yeah, thank you, LeMoyne. Thanks for that. You good, good, LeMoyne. That thank was you. great,
1: LeMoyne. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. Thanks, LeMoyne.
0: Tried not to turn it into a dash there, but to uh, get to the <laughs> change of purpose and function. Uh, to what can actually be reconciled. Um, and so at this point, uh, I'd like to turn to you, friends, for our lesson for the day.
2: Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. The theme for today is, What is the Holy Spirit? The lesson is 286. The hush of heaven holds my heart today. So I shall read some from what is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit mediates between the illusions and the truth. As he must bridge the gap between reality and dreams, perception leads to knowledge through the grace that God has given him to be his gift to everyone who turns to him for truth. Across the bridge that he provides, our dreams all carry to the truth, to be dispelled before the light of knowledge. There are sights and sounds forever laid aside. And where they were perceived before, forgiveness has made possible, perceptions tranquil end. If you but knew how much your father yearns to have you recognize your sinlessness, You would not let his voice appeal in vain, nor turn away from his replacement for the fearful images and dreams you made. The Holy Spirit understands the means you made, by which you would attain what is forever unattainable. And if you offer them to him, he will employ the means you made for exile to restore your mind to where it truly is at home. Except your father's gift, it is a call from love to love that it be but itself. The Holy Spirit is his gift by which the quietness of heaven is restored to god's beloved Son. Would you refuse to take the function of completing God when all he wills is that you be complete? I will go over to the lesson lesson two eighty six the hush of heaven holds my heart today father how still today how quietly do all things fall in place this is the day that has been chosen as the time in which i come to understand the lesson that there is no need that i do anything in you is every choice already made In you has every conflict been resolved. In you is everything I hope to find already given me. Your peace is mine. My heart is quiet. My mind at rest. Your love is heaven. And your love is mine. The stillness of today will give us hope that we have found the way and traveled far along it to a wholly certain goal. Today we will not doubt the end which God himself has promised us. We trust in him and in ourself who still is one with him. And we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 286, the hush of heaven holds my heart today. father how still today how quietly do all things fall in place this is the day that has been chosen as the time in which i come to understand the lesson that there is no need that i do anything lesson 286 the hush of heaven holds my heart today amen Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Fran. (laughs) Thank you so much, Fran. Well, thank you, guys.
2: What a beautiful lesson. Yes, totally. I love how he tells us that this is the day that we come to understand the lesson that there is no need that I do anything. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) I'm complete.
6: Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. I'm not sure he's telling me that there's no need that I make phone calls or do housework or things like that. But there's no need that I try to sort of manipulate the world around me and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Complete.
2: Right. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. There's no need for us to keep trying to fix everything. We have to see it in a different way, not fix it. Yeah, this is Sandra, and I'll repeat what I had
6: mentioned earlier this morning, is that this is not about doing. This is about the power of decision, so it's a mind thing. It's about me claiming this
2: as true. not about doing anything. I'm complete. Yeah, good point. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah, thank you, Sandra. So, thank you, Sandra. Good morning. It's Mindy here, everybody. I love this. The Hush of Heaven holds my heart today. Not my mind, not my body, but my heart. And if I can look on love with everything, including the clutter, I appreciate all these lovely things here for my use. Um... And I just understand that no matter what is going on in the quote-unquote outer world, that I can be at peace with the knowing that I'm an eternal being and that I am connected to God. And none of this, whether the house ever gets cleaned or not, whether anyone approves of it or not, it does not matter because even the fear of judgment if I don't do something, that's me making my brother into an ego which he is not and if I know that underneath it all we're all here to express love and I let that be my motivating force to quote-unquote do something every you know if there's something where there's a some seeming Lack of love in my world, when I have the stillness and peace of heaven in my heart, the hush of heaven, holds my heart. that melts away, and it either melts away because I've recognized the truth or because love puts me into action. and when it's love that motivates me, more love is created, more unity, more awareness that we're all one, and And it's just a natural thing. It's a natural expression of the God self. And it's no longer a thing to do or something scary or something that threatens the body if I don't get this done or get that done. It's all about joining God. And that is the shift that... uh, That heals my heart when I realize that the only thing I'm doing here, my only purpose is to know love, to be loved, to feel love, and express it and receive it, because that is all that's real. And then everything that I quote-unquote need to do becomes a loving act, and there's nothing I have to do (laughs) because the love does it for me. I'm complete.
0: Thank you, Mindy. Thank you,
6: Mindy. It's great. Thank you, Mindy. Very nice. Thank
2: you, Mindy.
5: There was a quote somewhere, this is Diana, in uh, the reading, I'll have to reread it, that says, be the body neutral with no past. And I think the times I I can do that, then Dave, regardless of what is in my path, how it shows up, seems to be a freer expression of just accepting, letting go, if you will, of that God is that you know, the twelve steps talks about or um choosing again, you know, when you know that something's not feeling right, that's your signal right there to go back in alignment with love. Um I had a a day the other day that was like a Disney movie. I mean, I'm telling you everything that happened that day or it just flowed. It just flowed. It just did. Um Calling on bills, getting it resolved instantly with not having to do the circular loop of, you know, missing the call and having to repeat. I mean, you know, going to the grocery store and having another line open up and ask to be moved over. Um, Going in to the car and having it filled. It was like, I don't know who did this, but thank you, God. (laughs) Of course my husband did, you know. Um, Just the whole day, the whole day. And I think if we're more in tune to having those kinds of days, expecting them, wanting them, you know, I do a lot before I get out of bed of seeing how I expect or how I want to show up in the day, how I see myself in this day. And so even if conflict happens, there's a new way of seeing it differently, choosing to see this differently. Um, There is a lot of power in being neutral with people and not putting any kind of judgment, pad kind of judgment on anyone or anything. Just to see it neutral with no past. Um, I'm complete.
2: Diana. Thanks, Diana. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Diana. Mm-hmm. That was lovely. Thank you. Welcome.
4: Uh, this is Micah. I, I wanted to go back to the lesson that part that people were highlighting about. Um, you know, I come to understand the lesson that there's no need that I do anything. Uh, and you, as every choice already made, I love that because it was. Just this, this feeling of the completion of of you know, be that salt doll and and dive in the Ganges and melt into uh, our wholeness and our perfection. But right before I I was reading the lesson earlier this morning, it, this ties in with what Sandra was saying about claiming it. Uh, claiming is an active word, and and. Um, and these were the two quotes that I came across from the Course of Love before I read the lesson. That part about, you know, I need, that I need to, I don't need to do anything. And one was, but, but I tell you truthfully, your release is at hand and it will come from your own authority and no place else. It is up to you to accept that your release is possible. To desire it without fear, to call it into being, and the other one that was, if you are unwilling to claim your freedom, it will not claim you. So that these are kind of active things, and yet they—they're almost like being on the edge of the diving board, you know, and and it—you it, need a little, a little push. a a, a little kind of propulsion to to just move into that complete letting go of falling through space of not doing anything. Gravity is going to do all the rest or or God's will and the Holy Spirit's will will do all the rest. But on the uh, dance floor of awakening there's these, these, these different different dance steps. And uh, it kind of reminded me also of one of my favorite quotes because this this dance of doing and not doing are so beautiful in Awakening. And this other one that I've highlighted a few times because I think it's the best description of how these two elements dance together on the dance floor. It says, this is from a, um, a, a workbook lesson. I will
0: there be light.
4: I will there be light. Let me behold the light that reflects God's will and mine. Then let your will assert itself. Very active. Joined with the power of God and united with yourself. This is where it gets kind of interesting because it's, it's not just a separated sense of self or an individuated will doing anything it's starting to move into a unity. Joined with the power of God and united with your true self. And then it gets really passive. Put the rest of the practice period under their guidance. Join with them as they lead the way. So suddenly um, there's nothing that I need to do. And uh, so anyway, it's kind of interesting. Um, I'm complete.
2: Thank you. Oh, it's Thank you like that was very enjoyable. Thank you, Micah. I love
1: that? Yeah. that. That was amazing. perfect. Like that. I love on that.
6: The you too, huh? Sorry. Where
1: where did you find that, Micah? That last one was that in our reading oh. today? <laughs>
4: Oh, no, that was, uh, hold on, it's from Lesson 73.
1: Thank you. That was great. Yep. Mm -hmm.
4: Paragraph 10.
6: I love that analogy of uh, the dance floor, the dance of awakening. That's great. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Welcome. Welcome.
2: Patricia here, you bring Hi. me to some lovely notes of this. Do I have a minute to read them, hon, or should I not?
0: I'll go ahead,
2: Patricia. Okay, quick. Uh, there are notes from this lesson, you know, I highlighted. I must love it, yeah. So it's great. So here we go. Unedited, and I don't even know what I'm reading other than the excitement to... Know how alive this curriculum is. So here we go. To witness the beauty present. The hush of heaven holds my heart. A vision. A vision beyond division. A hush of heaven holds my heart today. A vision beyond division lights the way. Quietness of eternal love. A mind at rest. I am doing my best within the hush of heaven. Dissatisfaction no longer attracts my attention. When dissatisfaction no longer attracts attention, a gap of silence commands. What will allow all to be well when no performance arrives? The bridge. Of love abides. Receive the power of the endless act. Beingness. To be it. To see it. To say it. And then forget it. This being without purpose cannot hide its function beingness opens the heart to witness the beauty present thank you it's beautiful Patricia thank you
1: Uh, great way to start today thank you so much
4: Thank you, Patricia. This is Micah again, but I would love to hear from people. I had one... uh, one area that I, I would really like a little more clarification on, and it's in paragraph seven, and, it, and the its only purpose is to prove guilt real. No worldly, no worldly thought or act or feeling has a motivation other than this one, and I just couldn't wrap my mind around that. That that, that there's uh. There's no worldly thought or act or feeling that has a motivation other than this one. So if anybody has uh, was able to flow with that in a very deep way and understand it, um, I would love to hear uh, your insight. Thanks. Or maybe that's better after call. I don't know.
6: Oh, okay. Zyda, i Um, um. I marked that section today too. And starting with the first sentence of the paragraph, it is not will for life, but wish for death that is motivation of this world. Its only purpose is to prove guilt real. And then sentence that you just read: I, mo- I uh, worldly thought or act or feeling has a motivation other than this one. Mark that. That is important too. Oh. It's, uh, it's a real emotional. um has a real emotional pull for me. It's kind of amazing, kind of incredible. Yet, in a way, I feel like I get it. But it's real, real. In our society today, the one that we live in, in this time and place, in in one that I know in Western society, at least. Um, The Wish for Death, and he he talks about it in other places in this section and other places in this course, is highly what we call subconscious. It's um, almost never in our conscious mind except for when people say they're really mentally ill or emotionally ill and they desire suicide or homicide. Uh, then we realize that they're wishing for their own or someone else's death. feeling um, like they, they maybe don't want that in the first place, but for some reason they have to choose that. This is more like the when you know he says that uh, any adornments of the body are like showing the loveliness of the instrument of guilt. We only make a body because we feel guilty or, or you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure. I just I don't know exactly the words to say mean that I understand it. But I think on a deeper level or beyond words, I feel like I do understand it at this point. You know, I've been studying the course on and off, admittedly, for half my life. And I'm 64, so that's a long time. Um, uh, and on, pretty much on all the way since 2015 when I joined this group when he was um, leaving it. But, um. No worldly thought or act or feeling has a motivation other than this one. No worldly thought or act or feeling. So that's a bold statement, saying that 100% of the time, what we do, think, or feel is a wish for death. You know, what about the people that are so enlightened? We call them spiritual teachers. even them, I would think that, especially if they're spiritual teachers in tradition of this course, that it wouldn't be true for them. But I'm sure that, for instance, it would be true for me. What about when I'm talking to you about this right now? This This is an act, my talking to you, but... Is that coming from a wish for death that I'm trying to explain this? I'm trying to, to elucidate it a little bit? I don't know. I don't really know. So I don't know if this helped at all. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I can say right now, and I'm not going to go on and on when I'm not even sure if it's helpful. Thanks so much.
4: I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. I enjoyed it, though.
1: Thank you, Ida. <laughs> Thank you, Ida. This is Jessica. And um, I think, um, sorry, I was just kind of excited about sharing this. But um, I think the key word in that sentence is worldly. Because um, we do have, you know, a split mind. And so when we do things such as, for example, you would think that giving someone you love a hug, telling them you love them, is not motivated by the purpose of making guilt real. My understanding is he's saying everything is, the motivation for everything is to prove guilt real. So theoretically, if I'm giving someone a hug and telling them I love them, that is not to make guilt real. However, the worldly part of that is, does uh, is, does have that motivation. So you know, yes, I feel love, and, but there's something about the potentially the specialness or the affirmation that I love you. It, 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 within that is implied, you know, uh, the idea being that everything that validates the physical. You know, the body, the uh, temporariness of life, all of that, when the worldly part of all of our actions and thoughts has the motivation of saying, you know, I'm guilty, you're guilty. Because that's why we're here. It's about the separation. I don't know. I hope that was helpful. Thank you. I'm guilty you're guilty so thank let's you.
5: buy some
6: makeup
2: <laughs> let's go to sephora no oh. i'm just kidding mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you thanks jessica
4: that was just helpful worry. about 20.
2: your question yeah. distills in patricia this thing is when our only purpose the only purpose is to witness the beauty present it becomes pretty simple. Thank you. Mm. Thank you, Patricia. I like paragraph 11.
7: This is uh, regarding what you're talking about. is The body can become a sign of life, a promise of redemption, and a breath of immortality to those grown sick of breathing in the fetid scent of death the body can become a sign of life even if I'm having pain I'm going well how can I have pain or how can I even have a body no matter what state it is it shows the miracle of life's creation I I take it as an affirmation I take most of the course in miracles as an affirmation of life I'm complete
2: hmm Absolutely. Sure. Thank you, Steve.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Yeah. Thank you. So ahead.
2: Thank you, everybody. It's good morning. It's due. I have um, just love the lesson for today. The hush, hush of heaven holds my heart, and the um, in in search for the truth, the truth of of who and what. And where I am in formlessness, in the mind of God, as an idea in the mind of God, what I am cannot be defined or even conceived, my holiness, the light, the limitlessness of how he created me and his likeness and quality. That knowing doesn't require doing. Knowing just knows itself as itself. And knowledge, when it was denied, the knowledge that I am everything, that I have everything, and that I give everything as my Father does. Love, only love being true, that love calls to love to be itself. The oneness of the reality with the capital R of of God's reality as he created it, the kingdom of heaven as he created it which is twice removed from thoughts and images, images we made of ourselves, images of bodies, images of persons, that we have... I have come to recognize the dream, the dream of judgment, the dream of perception. And, and my oneness... In my oneness... There is never any perception. There's no perception that comes between me and God's creation. It is it is simply one. There is no seeing. There is no hearing. There is no doing. It is simply itself as oneness. And the the um the that you know the 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 miracles and, and forgiveness are are um, indirect proof. That undo what we have made ourselves to be, to think what we are, are ourselves to be, the beliefs that we are in, in a body and have bodies, and, and that are born and that die, that have no sense of immortality, that believe that believe that I exist in, in a in a in a envelope of skin, in a in a center of space that moves among other things in, in and of themselves as separate things. All these ideas and conceptualize, concept, concepts and thoughts. When all that goes, when there's no thought of concepts, no thought of ideas or images that, that can come between anything, that complete emptiness of mind, unsealed and open mind that it can can... See love and spirit and light as itself, as one creation, created by one, one who is the source of all creation. So the, the conditions for restoring knowledge to my mind is, is to stop separating myself from anything. The world is not outside of me. The world is with me and through me and in me, a part of me. And everything I think and say and hear and taste and touch and feel and do is within me and a part of me. It's one, one totality of experience. There's not a tree having an experience of itself or Jude having an experience of herself. It's God having an experience of himself and one, his oneness in its totality. And there's nothing to accuse and nothing to judge and nothing to to separate it or divide it. There's no division in it. And I'll be quiet because there's a lawnmower coming. <laughs> I love you all. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Judy.
4: Thank yeah, you, thank Judy. Thank you, Judy. Real direct. <clears throat>
2: i think the lawnmower
4: i'm
7: sorry go ahead
2: oh go ahead steve
7: uh you know the the i know ken Wapnick was kind of like a fundamentalist and he said you know the world we created to hide from god and all this stuff i don't it's an amazing phenomenon that there can be the transient and the seasons changing and the world that is created that is going to be destroyed anything that's created can be destroyed and at the same time there is that witness consciousness that is the birthing the birth of it all that never changes so you got the uh temporal and you've got the eternal both one not to be denied one not to be pushed under not one to be escaped from but rather like it says today, a testimony of life, this body, this world, this grasshopper, this lawnmower ah it's it's a phenomenal world, and for me it's an opportunity. every breath, the fact that I have only so many breaths, reminds me to make every breath as fulfilling as possible, and if there's pain involved at the time or discomfort of any time. Then I get to practice being allowing and falling back into the witness, which is eternal. I love the eternal and the temporal. I'm complete. And I think the course is complete with that too. Not trying me to exclude it. I'm complete.
2: Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Amen. Hmm. I okay. Uh, this is well. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Lori. I know it's getting late. I would love to hear you. Thank you. Um, well, I'll try and keep it short. Um, at the end of what is the Holy Spirit? He says accept your father's gift it is a call from love to love that it be but itself Mm, boy i love that and somebody said um well here let me let me do it this way the first seven paragraphs well actually yeah even the first up to the first nine paragraphs are just a really elegant outline of what happens to my mind when I use it for manipulation and the whole ego thought system is based on separation its um, seeming reality and all the illusions to which it ascribes truth are based on the belief in sin simply the belief that we separated from God or God separated from us or we left the garden however you want to say that there is this belief in separation around which the ego built its thought system that because of sin it ascribes to the belief And suffers the consequences mind suffers its own consequences of guilt and as a consequence of guilt it experiences fear sin guilt and fear are the whole basis of the ego thought system that being an intolerable situation um, for one's being one must ascribe responsibility for that it has to be pushed off Uh, because it's intolerable Um, real mind can't tolerate that in fact real mind true mind in the thought system of love knows that none of that is true but (laughs) everyone makes one ego for himself and one ego for everyone else and by this we all collectively deny the truth and uh, teach ourselves how not to see or how to be blind into into that crazy system God sends his teachers isn't that a great phrase but if I um, if I want to accept that assignment if I choose to accept that assignment I have to um, want something different I forget was it Robin Marie or Patricia use uh, that word want in a really powerful way when I accept the power of my mind to want the truth to say I've had it with this whole thing I've had it with my being the victim and you being the victimizer I've had it I've had enough of you being the victimizer and me being the victim I've had it with this whole thought system that ascribes responsibility for my suffering on you or on the world or on god um or even on myself and accept that blame um when i when i get tired of that and i want something different um awareness will ba- break through because awareness and and desire go hand in hand he says that so explicitly i think it's in chapter 25 the wish to see calls down the grace of god upon your eyes and brings the gift of light that makes sight possible the call from love to love that it be but itself in in the essay on what is the body it says all these things that we believe about the body as a means As a means to prove sin real to prove that you're responsible for my suffering this is how ego uses the body and by its use of the body that way the ego and the body become one illusion they're bound together tightly in this whole game of manipulation who's responsible for my suffering Holy Spirit he says Offers something entirely different. <laughs> power of witness in paragraph four. The power of witness points beyond to what it represents and brings conviction. And that that power of witness, um, gosh, he invites us to look at that in so many different ways, mostly in listening and accepting what the Holy Spirit says is truth. Um, this whole lesson the the hush of heaven holds my heart today um, is a plea is a plea from the beloved that we accept his gifts accept the picture that the Holy Spirit paints and when I accept the picture that the Holy Spirit gives me I start to loosen that whole ego body illusion from my mind ego would use the body for a function its own like I said to ascribe responsibility for its suffering somewhere else on the world mostly on you on all creation But Holy Spirit offers something different and when I accept the gift of love to love what happens to my mind it's it's so simple. It's like this, the power of witness. When I have an inner smile, just paint that in your mind for a minute. When I have an inner smile, that inner smile is manifested in witness to what I've accepted. I've accepted the call of love to love to be but itself that inner smile is manifest it's manifest in my outer consequence I've loosened the belief that I can use my mind to ascribe blame to accept him my father's gift of love this is why the atonement and healing go together I've split off that whole desire to separate I've let it go it was never real the inner smile becomes the outer witness of one who has accepted his father's gift of sonship, of belongingness of of truth and it becomes another way that I exit the ego thought system where the body is used for purposes of manipulation two purposes of love. That's why he ends the essay on what is the body with that beautiful, beautiful three sentences. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find yourself. Mind is now free and waits, waits for a purpose to begin it back in 21 we talked about accepting the universal purpose accepting the Holy Spirit's purpose as my own that's the same as saying I will accept atonement for myself that's the same as saying now that I'm forgiven I can forgive now that I'm healed I can heal the inner smile makes itself manifest in a way that confers the truth upon creation i'm no longer separate from it i'm one with it i'm the space of all of it i discover that this thing that i thought i was this ego body illusion never was the truth but rather i've accepted my father's gift of love and holiness there's a startling sentence earlier in this work that says the body must be seen as sinless and we've been told you know all these other things about the body and wait now you're saying the body must be seen as sinless that's what he's saying in in paragraph 10 let the body be neutral let it wait for its function to be given it accept your father's gift let your inner smile be your outer countenance. become the witness for one whose life can be so totally changed by accepting your father's gift it seemed difficult to talk about this morning and so in my meditation I I asked I asked for a word Uh, you know how he says if we need a word he'll give us a word and so I wanted to be really clear and I said I need a word for today and the word for the day is sanctified and like most of the time when I ask for a word and get a word I have to go look it up to make sure I understand the way it was given me sanctified as it's given in the dictionary is to make holy now I understand the body will become for you he says what you use it for use it to bless and it will bless Use it to Express the trust your father has in you in all the gifts he's given you listen 166 I'm entrusted with the gifts of God I've received the gifts of God as a trust It's a treasure house and when I throw open the doors to that treasure house Where is sin guilt and fear? Where is manipulation? Where is sickness? now the body has a different purpose I'm using it to bless I no longer believe in sin guilt and condemnation because I've let forgiveness rest upon my mind I've accepted atonement for myself in this way the inner smile manifests the outer countenance, and I am no longer confused about in and out you know that's the goal of this work to realize the truth of unity body seems to make us separate and discreet but our minds are one we share the same reality identify with love Accept the call to love I give the gifts I have received means first I must receive and when I receive love does everything else just like Mindy said it's it's as natural as falling off a log if you will none of us are special because all of us are holy yesterday when I looked at this reading I thought oh gosh I I know what the opening tomorrow is going to be I said Rumi has a, a beautiful quote you are not a drop in the ocean you are the ocean in a drop By this I come to understand that we're all in the same ocean. We're holograms of each other. He says, perception in perception, seeing with body's eyes. Your brother is a mirror as long as perception lasts. I can escape that. I can escape that to holiness where my brother is a reflection of holiness no longer does anyone feel responsible for anybody else's guilt what do we share we share freedom we share love we share permission to express love however we want to in whatever way our life has been designed to be meaningful to us in the expression of love and that's as diverse as any tapestry you know When I hear the lesson, the Hush of Heaven holds my heart today, I think of that inner smile and its outer manifestation. And I realize, yes, I've accepted the call of love to love, to be itself. Teach only love, for that is what you are. And in that holy purpose, yes, I see now. The body is sanctified because I realize it has an entirely different use than the use to which I used to put it when I believed in the thought system of the ego. <laughs> Inner smile that's where I want to end. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much. Harry. That was great, thank you.
6: Yes, it was great. Thank you so much, Lori. you <laughs> that way,
5: Lori, That was really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. With us. And the, one, the one that well, the phrase that's written down here there's so many notes when you talk <laughs> but there is one about the inner smile that really just spoke to my heart because um, the difference between having a day that really flowed and one like yesterday where it made me think about the day before was resistance and if I can see everybody as truly myself or my brother in, in Christ, um, then I'm not going to be so hard on how the thing, you know, proceeds. Um, I don't know. I, I just I really love what you had to share. It really helped me refocus a few things, so thank you.
2: sweet. Thanks, Diana. You know, I, th- I think I need to add um, that all of that business with ego thought system starts simply enough. You know, um, it's all really kind of unconscious. Uh, I thought about it this morning, and I thought I can even trace back where it started. Uh, clear back in third grade, I got mad at my teacher. She just gives us a hug at the door every day when we left. And I sure did love getting that hug from Mrs. Elgerson. (laughs) One day I got mad at her, and she wanted to give me a hug, and I I rolled my shoulder and walked off without my hug. I suffered so bad that night into the next day. And and I thought, this is what unconscious guilt does. You know, it's unconscious. Um, It's as simple as... Uh, Oh, I've got a terrible stomachache because I don't want to go to school today and so I'll use my body to bear that purpose for me and then I won't have to go to school because I'm afraid of something or or whatever the case may be you know it's it's part of coming here everybody makes an ego Uh, and it's all done unconsciously it's not done on purpose it's just an error you know that's why atonement is the correction it's not that anyone is bad no one's bad we we accepted and gave ourselves that idea and uh, and it can be changed when I become aware of what it is I really want so anyway now I feel really complete thank you oh I love that that was so cute (laughs) Thank you yeah, so
6: much for I'm sharing my I know my, my third grade teacher, Miss Eckhart, was my favorite teacher.
2: Too. <laughs> I'm complete. That's sweet. Oh, you guys, this is kind of, LeMoyne's got phone trouble and he's here with us and hearing, but he doesn't have a microphone. So, um, we're a little bit past our quitting time and and um, let's see let me get that screen where I thought it was a perfect place today um, oh dear where is it must be this one no it's this one Yep, it's from I need do nothing <laughs> I need do nothing in chapter 18 to do anything involves the body and if you recognize you need do nothing you've withdrawn the body's value from your mind here is the quick and open door through which you slip past centuries of effort and escape from time this is the way in which sin loses all attraction right now for here is time denied and past and future gone who need do nothing has no need for time To do nothing is to rest and make a place within you where the activity of the body ceases to demand attention into this place the holy spirit comes and there abides he will remain with you when you forget and the body's activities return to occupy your conscious mind yet there will always be this place of rest to which you can return and you will be more and more aware of this quiet center of the storm than all its raging activity. This quiet center, in which you do nothing, will remain with you, giving you the rest in the midst of every busy doing on which you are sent. For from this center you will be directed how to use the body sinlessly. It is this center from which the body is absent that will keep it so in your awareness of it need to do nothing because the hush of heaven holds my heart today amen